Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Welcome back to the Fuel Your Legacy podcast. Each week, we expose the faulty foundational mindsets of the past and rebuild a newer, stronger foundation essential in creating your meaningful legacy. We've got a lot of work to do, so let's get started. As much as you like this podcast, I'm certain that you're going to love the book that I just released on Amazon, Fuel Your Legacy, The Nine Pillars to Build a Meaningful Legacy. I wrote this to share with you the experiences that I had while I was identifying my identity, how I began to create my meaningful legacy and how you can create yours. You're gonna find this book on Kindle, Amazon, and as always on my website, samnickerbacher.com. Welcome back to the Fuel Your Legacy show. I am super pumped. Uh, I was on Instagram over the weekend, as I sometimes am, and ran across this gentleman's Instagram account, just barely getting started. It's so cool when you get to find people who are just starting to share their message and just starting to be really outgoing about what, what's going on in their life. Uh, but I saw it and I was listening to his videos. He's got an infectious personality. Uh, and if you, if you want, I would definitely go uh, follow him. He could, he could use the support, but also um, you'd be better off as a person if you listen to what he has to say, um, because it's something we can all relate with. And what I like most about his story is it's happening right now. So his name's Eric Riley. So it's E R I C and then Riley is R E I L L Y. So go follow him on Instagram um, and watch some of his videos, but just a very inspiring person and chose to take life into his own hands and stop being a victim, but to be a creator. So go ahead, Eric, introduce yourself. Tell us why, how, where did this journey start? What was life like before this aha moment and how has it changed since? Sure. So first, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to having a great conversation. Um, I would just say, I guess, you know, it all starts, you know, when when you start adopting beliefs for yourself and start, um, I guess, you know, it all starts when you're young and you start to become conditioned and learn the things that you're supposed to think. And a lot of the times you don't really realize until much later that, Hey, I think a certain way, you know, because of the things that I was brought up real thinking and realizing. And, you know, it took me uh, probably about 23 years to really start to question the beliefs that I held for myself. And, you know, it was, it's definitely not the easiest journey to take a look in the mirror when you're, you know, already a quarter of the way done your life and think, wow, you know, I've, 
I'm doing this one way. I could be doing this a million other ways. And it's, you know, it's, it's just a, uh, you know, kind of a scary thing sometimes when you really take, take your life into your own hands and realize that, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm actually not living up to the potential that I believe that I could be. And I guess, you know, it all started the, the bulk of my transformation really started back in February of 2020. Uh, so this was about eight months after I graduated college. So I graduated college in 2019. Um, I had an IT degree and I had just, you know, started my, started my adult life for, for lack of a better word. I, you know, I had just taken a job at a financial technology company. You know, I'd flown out there a couple months prior and got all my training done. I was sort of settling into, you know, adult life. And I, you know, after that whole settling in kind of finished up, I started to realize like, you know, is this, is this life? Like, is this all life has to offer? Is this, you know, what am I doing here? And that's when I really started to realize, you know, there is more to life. I'm just not, I'm not taking advantage of it. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting experience when you really start to think about your life abstractly and think that, wow, you know, my perspective is completely due to my own experiences. And there are so many self-limiting beliefs and so many different things that I, that I think that are actually holding me back. And, you know, in 2020 in February, I guess the, the huge turning point, you know, was I, I actually picked up a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, by far the most profound life-changing book I've ever read. And it really started to make me think, you know, I've been working towards this, this vision or this, this success, you know, I want to be successful. I always told myself, you know, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to do it. But what I didn't realize was what is success? Like what, what am I defining as my version of success? And it took me a long time to really nail down. Okay. This, this is my version of success. This is what I think I should be doing. And what, what really kind of got to me was, you know, the version of success that I was striving towards for all those years. It wasn't like, I didn't like, I didn't conceive that it was taught to me throughout my whole life, you know, throughout, you know, friends telling you what you should be doing, your parents telling you what you should do. Oh, be traditional, you know, go to college, get a job, you know, have a family, live a good life. And that's all good. You know what I mean? But it's not me. It's not my version. It's not my choice. And that's when I really started to think, you know, okay, what does it look like? What is my version of success? What do I want to do with my life? And one of the things I did after reading seven habits is, or I was in the middle of reading it was I started to decide, okay, I need to figure out what my version of success is. So I'm going to write down what that looks like. And I wrote down probably like three pages of just all this, these different values and these different ways that I need to live in order to fulfill my version of success. And, you know, it took a long time, you know, a lot of refining and a lot of changing it up, but 
at the end of the day, I, I settled on four and it's not necessarily a mission, but it's values to hold yourself to. And the four were, you know, go, number one, golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated, do your best, you know, have integrity and just lead by example. And once I started to look at those values and say, okay, this is, this is my version of success. Then I look back and I say, I haven't been living by these like anywhere near to the, you know, to the best of my ability. Like I was at this point, right. I was, it was February, 2020. I was overweight. So I was 210 pounds. Now I'm, now I'm 155. Um, I, I just wasn't doing my best in a lot of aspects. You know, I was just not, you know, and that was only one thing, right. You know, I wasn't necessarily happy with my financial situation. I wasn't happy with my living situation. I was still living with my parents at this point. And I was just, and at the same time I was thinking, what, what could I be doing better right now? And one of the things that I thought of was, okay, well, I'm going to start doing my best like tomorrow. Like I was like, there's, there's something I can do tomorrow to just take off. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about, and one of the things that I've really started to implement in my life is don't necessarily worry about how you're going to do it all the time. Just, you know, you know, acknowledge the problem and figure out, okay, what is like the first step? Because the how, like a plan is never going to be perfect the first time, like ever you're always going to run into contingencies and things that are going to throw you off the rails and stuff like that. Like for me, for example, for getting in shape, I, I don't like, I never lifted weights like in my life. Like I lifted weights like a couple times before that. And I knew that that was going to be an issue for me. Like I would be worried about learning how to lift weights and doing all this stuff. So I said, all right, well, I know how to run. Like I, I like running. I, I enjoy it. So I said, I'm going to run every single day until you know, I'm, I'm happy with my results. Right. And I ran for eight months straight every single day. And I went from running, you know, a mile, a mile a day in February, I started. And by June I was running 10 miles a day and I was 140 pounds at that point. I put on some weights and saying, but like, anyway, I, I started lifting more. So, but I mean, basically, I guess what I'm saying is so many people want to be successful and, you know, have a fulfilling life. But a lot of those people, they might not even realize like, what, what is your definition of success? What, what is fulfillment for you? And I think that's a big um, message that I'm trying to get out to people is like, Hey, look, think about what you're doing for a second. And I don't have all the answers. Like, I think that's a big, you know, a big point I want to make is like, I'm, I'm 24 years old. Like I'm so young in my process and I don't claim to have the answers at all, but like no, no one has all the answers. And I just think to, to think about, to worry about having the answers is just going to stop you in your track. Like you're not, if you are waiting until you have all the answers, you will never take the first step. And that's the biggest thing for me. And, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to put yourself out there. And for me, like making content on Instagram, that was something I could have never seen myself doing, you know, 11 months prior to this, when I first started my, you know, when I first started my process, but again, that's, that's all part of worrying about the how, like 
I, I wasn't worried about making content on Instagram when I started the process. It's just a product of implementing positive habits. And I, I mean, I guess that's really the story that the message that I try to get out is just stop, uh, stop settling and stop accepting your self-limiting beliefs and start to question them a little bit more, because I think that will provide all the change and all the difference that you need to take the first step in a lot of the, you know, solving a lot of the problems in your life. Wow. I, I love it. I have so much here that I want to ask you about and I'm going to ask you about, um, but I think that, uh, so I'm actually creating right now. Uh, in fact, by the time this airs, it may be like right then, but there's a 15 day discover your legacy. It's going to be called discover my legacy, 15 day challenge on Facebook. I think you would really enjoy it. And, and uh, the people that you know would enjoy it. But th the reason that I'm creating it is exactly for that. I want people to not to just discover that there is something out there more than, and it's out. I think it's actually inside of yourself. So we're going to get, we might go back and jump around a little bit, but um, I think that often, cause you said you don't always have the answers. I think that a lot of people have the answers in my experience. Most of what I've been able to create was because I had the answers inside myself. What I didn't have is the right questions. I didn't know, what questions were necessary to ask for my brain to, to produce the right answers for my, yeah. for my soul to produce the right answers. Cause just as you were saying earlier about um, where did you learn your version of success? The problem is that if you think, well, I don't have the answers, so I'm going to go find, find the answers outside of myself. Then the, by the very nature of looking outside of yourself, you're then seeking, you're, you're then going to be living off of what somebody yep. else's version of success is. So, it, it, it's really not that you don't have the answers. I think the biggest recognition is that the answers are inside of you. This, like, I really believe this. The answers are inside of you. They're inside of me. Every one individual has the answers for their solution, like for their needs, but they just don't know the right questions to ask. And so the greatest teachers from, from uh, Christianity, uh, from Eastern religions, South, mm -hmm. South American religions, doesn't matter. The greatest teachers were the ones who posed the right questions. If you look at philosophical or uh, th things from the ancient Greeks, it was more about the questions that we asked ourselves rather than like, oh, Aristotle said this. Most of what we quote right. Aristotle saying or, or any one individual saying is, the questions that he asked, you know, like right. Newton, he didn't know why gravity happened. He just knew, hey, that's weird. Like the, Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. These types of things, it's all about the right questions, I think. So um, just understand the answers from my perspective, they are in you. It comes down mm -hmm. to 
what's the right questions to ask. But let's go back to um, this adopting beliefs because I've never thought of it this way. I don't know why, but we've, we've all heard it, <laughs> adopting beliefs. But think of like adopting a child. What what is, I know you're 24, I'm 27, neither of us adopted <laughs> a child. But I just can imagine based on the people I know who have adopted children, once you're adopting them, you're you are legally bound to take care of nurture, all of that, that individual. Well, when you adopt a belief, you're making the same type of commitment to that belief system. Uh, Thankfully, you don't have to keep that adopted belief system. You can discard it any point in time. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not called child abuse. It's not called anything. You're not (laughs) going to go to prison or anything. You You can reject these adopted beliefs at any point in time, anytime they're not serving you. So I'm curious... Um, do you have other siblings? Where, where are you at in the family organization? Yeah. Yeah, Um, I do have one older brother. He is 28 years old. Uh, so I'm, I'm the youngest of two. Okay. So, and, and what does, what does he do for work? What was your family life like growing up? Um, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty typical. I would say, you know, um, you know, I was born and raised in the suburbs, like right outside of Philadelphia, um, decent families. Um, it's called, the city is called like Gilbertsville. It's a really small huh. city outside of Philadelphia. Yeah, I used to sell um, pest control out in King of Prussia. So we went, all okay, so I'm, I've sold in Gilbertsville. So maybe I, I, I live in your house. <laughs> I, I live like two minutes from King of Prussia now. So, oh, okay. so yeah, right it's there. a nice place. I loved it. Valley Forge is beautiful. I think my favorite places were still like Downingtown. Farther, yeah. farther west was prettier for me. I got more. It's still yeah, I go to Valley Forge all the time. Yeah, <laughs> well, especially if you're running, man. That, you can run that yeah. whole park. It's like a ten mile loop or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'd run there all the time. Yeah, uh, um, but yeah, as far as my family situation, you know, it was pretty typical. Um, I would say very traditional. Um, my my grandparents emigrated from Ireland, so you know they they came here with essentially nothing and made and amazing life for themselves, like so much respect for them. And I think that's where I get a lot of my grit and determination from is just, you know, that immigrant mentality of hard work and just, you know, going at it. Um, but as far as, you know, my parents are concerned, you know, they, they always, I don't think they ever really questioned, you know, I don't think they ever really wanted me to go out and be non-traditional. I think they've, they very much instilled like, Hey, you should be traditional. You should stick to what you know, be secure. Don't take risks because they're very risk averse people. And, and one thing I want to say about that is like, this is there's, they're not to blame at all. Like they have their own perspective and it is very much like a valid perspective because the end of the day, it's the way they have done it. Like it's the way they have lived their life. They don't know any better. So they're just trying to say, Hey, like, this is the way we did it. We turned out pretty well. Like they're not, you know, they're not struggling. They're doing all right. So, you know, you might want to do it this way. But at the end of the day, I've always been a kind of do it yourself and, you know, I'm doing my own thing type of person. So I think it's kind of difficult for them to see, you know, their son doing things that might, you know, that are riskier than they might've done. You know what I mean? And the interesting thing about risk, cause I grew up, I'm a seventh of 11. So different family mm-hmm. structure for sure. But si- similar, uh, I think that uh, specifically in my wife's family, there, there's a, they, they all were, I would say heavily college educated. And that's not a bad thing either. Our family, yeah. um, less of us were educated that way. And more, we all have some level of degree, I think. 
most of us kids do, but we, we chose more entrepreneurial route. And again, not neither one is right or wrong. It's just interesting to see what somebody perceives as secure. Right. Up until 2020, uh, a lot of people thought their jobs were secure. Yeah. And then 2020 <laughs> happened and then they're like, oh, maybe a company has the ability to fire me. Maybe yeah. my skills, they, all the skills, everything I've learned and developed fits really well inside of a corporate structure. But if the corporate structure goes away, I don't know how to use my skills or market my skills because it's not that the skills aren't useful. It's just I don't know how to market them right. as a one man band or as a as an entrepreneur type of situation. Me personally, mm -hmm. I think that's the only security out there is when I can bet on myself. So what somebody else sees as maybe insecure, I, I have the same view of corporate America. It's like, mm, that's not very secure either. Like right. you, you serve at the pleasure you know, of somebody yeah. else. And it doesn't mean you don't get paid good. doesn't mean any of that. And it very likely you'll have your job for forever, but there's, there's still a, I feel like a higher degree that, you you aren't be able you aren't able to bet on yourself. So security is no, yeah. interesting well, I think, thing. I think that is a really good point. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, that that problem of oh, I'm only good in a corporate setting isn't really a problem until you don't have your job, and then and then what? Like you you have to go back to another corporation because you've never taken the time to learn the skills and the the necessary you know talents to be able to work for yourself. And, you know, suddenly that that not so urgent problem of security becomes a much more urgent problem when you lose your job and now you're out of an income, an income stream. So, you know, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, people think corporate settings are super secure and you're always going to be, you know, handled. But what happens when, you know, they have to make cuts and layoffs and stuff like that? So, yeah, I mean, that definitely was a big motivating factor in me you know, starting to pursue financial freedom more. I do work a nine to five right now and I'm blessed to say that I love my job, but at the same time, I also know that if I lost my job tomorrow, I would be all right because I have skills, marketable skills, and I, I could make my own way if I had to. And I'm very confident in that. That's awesome. So, that, I mean, about, about that, I'm curious. So you graduated from college in some type of technological degree. Mm -hmm, yep. It was a four year, four year degree that you got? Yep. Yep. Four year degree and undergrad. Would you say that, um, uh, cause this is, again, this is like one of those debates in the entrepreneurial world. I, I stopped at my associate's degree. So, um, uh -huh. that that's where I stopped, but it doesn't mean that people have to stop there or even get to there. But what, right. what do you feel like college helped you with from, uh, versus something that you wouldn't have been able to get outside of college? Like, as far as I feel like all the technical knowledge you could have learned from YouTube or taking a few courses, Absolutely. got a certification. So, what, what value do you say, okay, college was really valuable for me in this aspect for something that I don't think I would have gotten somewhere else as, as easily. Right. I, I would say first off press tuition, it, it was not worth it. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> okay. but I would say that the, the biggest thing about college that really moved me, I think is meeting some of the professors because some of the professors have amazing insight and really got me thinking in certain ways that I normally wouldn't have. You know, obviously another really invaluable experience for me is I went to a college called Bloomsburg and in central Pennsylvania. Uh, and there was a lot more diversity than I was used to, you know, in terms of income levels of people, 
you know, race and like all that stuff, you know, just a much, a much more diverse place than I was used to. And I think that was really good for broadening my perspective because I went to a Catholic school all throughout my life, K through 12. And I was always around, you know, pretty high income people, not like rich, but not lower income. You know what I mean? It was a private school. You had to pay to go there. And when I went to Bloomsburg, you know, this was the cheapest state school in Pennsylvania. So it was a lot more diverse. So I think that was a really good thing for me. But I would like to say, you know, as far as the education is concerned. um, So I had an internship at the same company I work for now prior. And I remember saying to my boss at the internship after the first week of the internship, I was like, dude, I've learned more here in a week than I have learned in four years in college. Like, it's just, it's just like the thing about college is they, they, they can't teach you how to do the job because they don't know what job you're going to be in. And uh, yes. And also, so the technical aspect of it, I could have absolutely, I, I learn it all online. Like there is no real, like aside from like a couple very basic, like database skills, like there's no real, I guess, application of the stuff that I learned in school because they don't know what I'm going to be doing. Like at the end of the day, it's, it's just such a broad, you know, field that they don't, they don't know what to teach well, you. I mean, I the only like, way you're going to learn is on the job. Yeah. I feel know? like specifically with technology, by the time somebody has been able to document it and teach it in a class, it's outdated. Like it's just, yep. by, by the time it's documented, put in some school curriculum and being taught, it's gone. Like the, the only yeah. way that you could really, uh, and this, this may be a cynical view because um, I think there's like general marketing things that you could know, but really right. the only way you could really be effective learning social media coding, like cer- certain aspects of how algorithms are working is if you had somebody from those tech firms coming in and doing like, two week courses on, Hey, this is what's going on. This is, these are how we change algorithms. Like the, yep. the, con- the concepts behind why and how we change algorithms, but this is how you test to see what the algorithm's doing today. <laughs> you know, cause that's right. a skill that's yeah. beneficial. Like how's the algorithm today? Because the algorithms are changing from, and, and it's not just people used to think uh, it was just uh, like social media, TikTok. Instagram, Facebook. I mean, those weren't even around 20 years ago, but now it's right now, based on actual data today, there's some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. doesn't matter where, what side of the political aisle you're on. There's some crazy stuff going on right now in the tech space of the ability to 100% control what we see and hear. And that's not just, on the social media apps. Those are a huge part of marketing and you got to learn that. But when, when, when somebody can just shut down a server or shut down, I just was reading earlier, uh, an internet provider. So like you think of like Comcast or something like that, an internet provider in Idaho, spreading rumors here based on what I saw and read. <laughs> okay, so take it with, with no seriousness. But the idea is what's crazy. An internet provider just said, nope, Nobody who's using our internet servers can find Facebook like that, that a separate, completely independent company can blacklist certain websites. That is, that's what is real about marketing and real about how do you set yourself up and how do you insulate yourself 
from certain things that are out of your control, especially in a world where we want to be connected, we want to be able to um, interact all over the world with people. What's the highest degree of success to insulate from those things? Because you can, I mean, if I have somebody who says, oh, you got to own your website, which I agree. If you don't own your own URL, after we talk here, go buy it on. Uh, oh, I know. I know. I'm, yeah. I've been on that. I've been thinking about yeah. that recently. Just, just go buy it. I, if you listen to one of my podcasts uh, two or three weeks ago, um, while literally while we were on the podcast, he's buying, he's, he's checked out of whatever I'm saying. He's buying his, his URL. I'm like, Hey, that's cool. I, I like immediate mo- uh, movers, but, but point is you can have your own website. You can have somebody who, who wants to host your website. But if mm-hmm. the internet provider that somebody else is using trying to find your website, if they blacklist your website, then you then you still have a limited amount of communication. I mean, it's it's crazy the amount of control that there is in outward circumstances. So uh, it's important to understand what values did you get out of it yourself, and that's why I asked you the question. You know, outside of the technical and whatever, what values do you really feel like you learned from college? And I think that you you learned how to ask better questions. You learned Right. Of different ways to think from your professors. And I think that's valuable. That skill in and of itself, disregard everything else is, is super valuable. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals. And the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. So what I'm I'm curious about is how did you get exposed, right? So you're going through life, you, you get a job at this financial tech firm, whatever. And how did, what was the process of you being exposed that there was more to life than like, was it an event? Was it something you saw? Was it a conversation? Was it, you just had a dream and woke up and like, what the heck? Like what exactly spurred on? What was the, the reactive stimulant that said, Oh, something's not right here. Yeah. Well, I would say, I mean, I always, always, always thought like, I'm, I'm going to be great. Like I've, I've never doubted the fact that I am like capable of making things happen. But I guess, I guess the biggest thing was, you know, I was searching for all these answers and books and like other stuff and all this stuff. And, you know, I was reading seven habits and like the first habit is, you know, be proactive. And like, I read that and I was thinking like, you know, 
that that might be the answer to a lot of my issues is like i'm sitting here and just reacting to so much of my situation like i'm sitting here 210 pounds and i didn't run today like why why am i not exercising like i have a problem like obviously acknowledged and i'm not doing anything about it same situation my financial situation same situation with like my mental situation right is like i was like i'm sitting here trying to move up in my career or you know do you know learn new things and learn new skills like i'm saying i want to do all these things but am i actually being proactive about it like am i taking steps in the right direction every single day so i would say i mean my aha moment really was just like reading this book and looking at myself and thinking like you know is are you are you actually doing what you need to do and one of the one of the biggest things was you know when i wrote down my values like i said you know one of the values was have integrity and that value you know when I, when I thought of integrity before this, um, it always, it always related to like other people, right? It was always like, be honest with people, keep your word with them, you know, all this stuff. But I never really thought about like, what about like, cause this book talks about a lot. It's like personal integrity, right? Like having integrity with yourself, you know, keeping commitments to keeping promises to yourself. And I remember that was when I was like, damn, like I could, I could, lose weight like literally all i had to do and i remember thinking this and being like why have i not like started doing this yet and i was like all i have to do is make a promise to myself and then not break it and if if you do that then eventually you're gonna see some results like if you're gonna run every single day for eight months straight like you you're gonna see some results even if you do nothing else and that was enough. So this is another huge point that I wanted to talk about in terms of like running is there's another book that I read a a while back called the power of habit. If you've ever read it by Charles Duhigg and it talks about keystone habits, right? And keystone habits say that, you know, it's like one really important habit or like a couple really important habits. And they say that, you know, success doesn't necessarily depend on getting everything right but it relies on identifying a few key priorities and using them as like levers, like powerful levers to springboard you up into better things. You know, the habits that matter the most are the ones that when they start to shift, so when you start to implement these, they start to mess up your whole system, dislodge and remake these other patterns, right? So that's that's really how it started. It was like, I started running And then a couple months later, I was like, you know, like I should like (laughs) I should just apply this to other aspects of my life. And like I I remember thinking that um, one of my best friends, my business partner, uh, Mike, said that to me because I got him on running, too. And I got you know, he was he had never run like a mile in his life, like a couple miles in his life either. And, And, you know, he was like ripped, like jacked, but he never ran and coronavirus hit and like he couldn't go to the gym and i was like dude like just start running with me and he said that to me he was like you know dude like i could i should just start applying this shit to other stuff to other stuff in my life and i was like yeah man like it it really does kind of dislodge your whole system when you implement such a drastic change and it doesn't even seem drastic at first but it is 
after, you know, after a period of time. And, you know, after I started running, I decided, okay, well, you know, I'm already doing this. So, okay, I'll, I'll read 20 pages a day and I'll start. And the biggest, the weirdest thing for me was like, I didn't even foresee this happening, but I started crushing it at work in my nine to five, like absolute, like just like I was, I was learning a little bit so like I didn't have a super technical background when I started there, um, but I was in like a development position. So I had like a business slash tech background, but I wasn't like a programmer, but I got put into a programming position. And for a while I was wor really worried about like, oh my God, like, am I going to be able to do it? Like so hard, you know, I've never, I've never programmed before, but like after I started running and started to like sort of implement this philosophy of just do it and you know, be proactive about it. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna, like, I'm already doing, like, I'm already in the position. So I might as well try my hardest and just, you know, bust my, bust my butt to get there. And within a couple months, like I was, you know, subject matter expert on like multiple different things. And like, people were coming to me for help. And it was just like, it blew my mind to think like that all started just because I decided, yo, I'm going to run, I'm going to run every day. And then that translated to being more proactive at work, reading, started a business with my best friends, you know, it's still in the works of getting started, but you know, the, the flaw, like, I guess my message kind of stays the same. It's just like one change. You have no idea what one change could actually do to the rest of your life because you have no idea what, like, you know, the habits that are going to change because of that. Yeah. So. Just, and, and it's one, one, consistent activity and you're right. It doesn't really matter what it is. Um, right. the, the main thing is, it, is it a change? Don't go take something while you already do it every day. If that's my one habit, no, that doesn't right. count. It's gotta be something uh, a little newer than that. I, I love that. The, the other thing that I want to, before we move on here, I want to just highlight this because I think this is what in my experience has been the separator of clarity or not clarity. Uh, so one of the things you said when you were telling your story is you're committed to success, but with no definition. And so we had to define success. And then you said you journaled uh, a lot about what that looked like for three or four hours or pages, however, whatever it was. The thing is most people, they, well, let's just go back to the psychology. That's what I studied was neuropsychology. But when we go into the, the neuropsychology aspect of it, when, when you're writing something down, it forces you to be more specific about it. Yep. And then let's say you're specific, you write something down and you reread it and you're like, well, oh, that's not actually, that does not describe the feeling that I was trying to describe. And so what's nice, we can think all we want inside our heads about, oh, I feel this way and I think this and I'm, I'm really emotionally engaged in my goals, whatever, but you haven't written anything down. It's less than that they're not, they're not real because they're not written down, but more that you don't actually know what your goals are until they're written down because you're going to write something down and think, Oh, this is what I really, really want. And you're going to write it down. And you're like, actually seeing that there, that, that doesn't turn my soul on. So it's gotta be something else. There's gotta be a deeper reason to why I want that. And in, in my 15 day challenge, and this is what spurred that thought process, I actually have people um, it's, it's, uh, equivalent of, I think three or four days of the challenge is simply focused on just identifying core values and the different stages that we go through to identify those core values from one, finding out what other people think your core. Well, first you do your own core value test and get it down to 10, which could take a while, get it down to 10, but then you go ask other people what they think your core values are. 
because mm -hmm. you might think, I mean, not might, you will in your mind, think your core values are one thing. But when you go ask your friends, your family, the people who really know you better than you know yourself, and you're like, hey, what's most important to me? What do I always talk about? What is the one thing that's always on my mind? It's not what you wrote down. I almost guarantee right. you it's not what you wrote <laughs> down about what you think your core values are. Um, yeah. and, and so there's that aspect. Then I have you track your money and track your time every 15 minutes for a solid day. If you track your time Ooh. every 15 minutes for a solid day and found out what what you actually value based on where you spend your time i, I prom most likely most likely i haven't run into very many people who who have passed this test but most likely it is not what you say that your values are yeah and, and that's not a bad thing necessarily the, the goal is to gain clarity that's the whole objective is like how do we actually gain clarity because if you don't know where you are think of like a gps Every GPS yeah. system that you put in a location, even if you have defined success of where you want to go, if you've defined success of where you want to go, you plug it in the GPS, what's the next step of the GPS? It's identifying where you are so it can create the fastest route for you. Right. But if you yeah. have your location services turned off, the GPS can't find out where you are, there's no way it can give you directions. And so yep. you have to not only define where you want to be, but you have to define where are you today and be brutally honest with yourself uh, because there's so many people who listen to this and are like, oh, well, family's my priority. Family's one of my values. And you look at how they spend their time, their money, right. their resources, their, yep. their thought energy, their goals. None of them have anything to do with their family. <laughs> and you're like, nah, sorry, your family's not important to you. And I'm not... It's There's not a the huge most difference. important thing, you know, it doesn't mean that it's not important to you, but it's not in your top three. So like, right. let's be honest with ourselves. If you want to be in your top three, then we need to schedule it in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a huge, like what you just said, right. It's like, they say one thing, but you're acting another. There's a huge difference between the things that you're saying that you want to do or the things that you say you're going to do and actually taking action towards, towards those things. Right. And like, I think a lot of people like to talk, like talk a big game about how they're going to go make these changes or go, you know, live a good life or be successful. But, you know, a lot of times there's not a lot of action or thought behind, you know, their words. It's just, they're just words at that point. And I say that to my friends all the time. I'm like, I'm like, all right, dude, like, you know, when we're trying to like manage a project or something, I'm like, all right, we got to do this, 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 this. And Mike's like, and you know, my, my partner's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, but guys like understand, like those are just words at this point. Like we need to, we need to do this. Like it's, there's no words have no value unless there's action behind them. And I, you know, that's a huge thing that I think I didn't really understand either. It's like, you know, I would talk about how I'm going to go do great things, but like, what am I doing? My time, like I'm sitting there watching Netflix, like playing video games, like, that's not, that's not getting you where you need to be. That's not action. It's just, you, th you know, you just talk about it. It's, it just doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. And that was a huge thing I had to come to grips with. So. And, and, and it's a, it's a, a rude awakening when it is. And it's not necessarily yeah. just, just for everybody who's listening to this. Um, it's not necessarily bad if you do this analysis and you decide, you know what, maybe I don't really want all those things that I said I wanted. Maybe mm. I really want what I'm doing, you know, that's okay. Yeah. What's most yeah. important is stop lying to yourself about what you want. Yeah. Right? Just be Absolutely. honest. Like it, for me, and it was a rude awakening for me when I did this process for myself and 
when I looked at where I spend my time, when I looked at where I spend my money, where I looked at where I spend my energy, my resources, my thoughts, all of those, family wasn't in the top. Family wasn't even in the top 10, you know? And yeah. I was looking at that and I'm like, man, if based on my religious background, based on my family background, family's supposed to be important and all this stuff. And at that point in time, it just flat wasn't. Like it, yeah. it wasn't in my schedule. It wasn't the first thing that got scheduled. It was like, it always took second, second back burner, you know? And since then yeah. I've changed it. I still wouldn't say it's in my top three. I think that uh, my, my top three are still candor, gratitude and integrity. Uh, so family's okay. still not in the top three, but um, it's, it's solidly in the top 10. It's the first thing that gets scheduled before my morning exercise, before anything else. My, it's it's more important than my health right now, which for, for better or worse, it is what it is. People, that's another thing. I have a lot of cl people, clients that are health uh, professionals, exercise, mm -hmm. dietitians, whatever. And they're like, Sam, you need to do da -da 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 with your health. I'm like, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's a priority of mine right now. I'm okay with my situation. Right. Yeah, well, I'm like, and, and like, do I recognize I could be better? Do I, do I kind of want something better? Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's true because if I did, I would do it. And I'm like, right. I, I'm fully aware of what I want and what I don't want from, from mm -hmm. a reality perspective. Now what I'm, right. what I'm moving towards, that's a whole nother story uh, and you can intentionally program. And that's one of the things this challenge helps you do is intentionally program what you want into your life. But the first half of it is just really identifying what's real. What are you really, where are you really at with it? So that's funny. Yeah, and I think, I'll go for it. I wanted to go back on that just a little bit. So like you're talking about, you know, when you look at, when you look at things that you want to do and you think like, oh, you know, do, you know, do I really want that? It's never, it's in my mind, it's never a question of like, can I get that? It's do I want that? like, do I want to expend the effort necessary to get that? It's never a question of like, Oh my, do I have the ability to do that? Like, mm -hmm. no, no, you can do, you can do that. But do you, do you have the amount of time or the amount of like grit that like, do you want to expend that amount of effort to get that goal? And I think I read this in like rich dad, poor dad or something like that. And it was yeah. like, just essentially like, you know, poor dad always says, Oh, you can't do that. Or you, you know, you, you know, I, I can't do that. Rich dad is always like, do you like, do you want to put in the work to do that? Like, is it worth your effort to do that? Because if you focus on a couple goals, you will be able to achieve them as, you know, don't spread yourself too thin. And as long as you have just a couple goals in your mind and you are working persistently with like grit and determination, like you will achieve them eventually. It's just a matter of, do I want to expend all that effort to reach this goal? Or is my, you know, are my values, do my values lie elsewhere? And that's totally okay. You just need to like be real with yourself about it. Yep. And that's the biggest thing for me. Yep. Couldn't, could not agree more. So I'm curious, as you started to change your life, in my experience, uh, when, when, especially when you go through big life changes, when, when you go from 210 to 140, I mean, that's a 60 pound drastic difference. Yeah. And, 
and even if it's not outspoken or whatever, and that's, that's just a physical appearance difference. Let's just talk about the physical yeah. appearance difference. It's, it's also a lot of activity changes and a lot of other things, but just physical appearance changes. Who are your biggest naysayers? People who came and said, Oh, what are you doing that for? You don't need to lose weight. You're just fine the way you are. Or, um, that's so much energy. That's too much effort. Why don't you come do this instead of go running? Like, cause there's all these different reasons. There's always going to be reasons not to do something always. And the people who, who are scared of your change because it put, it displaces them they're going to try and hold you back. So who were those people in your life and how did you silence them in your mind and say, you know what, I'm doing me, you do you. Hopefully we're still friends at the end of this, but if not, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, it was during COVID, right? So I was like locked out from so many people. So like literally so many people saw me at two ten, and then like at like one forty, like, <laughs> months later, like after lockdown, they were like, what dude, what the hell? Like, are you eating? Like, <laughs> like I got that all the time. Right. Um, but I would say, you know, it wasn't so much like, and again, I can't blame her for this, but like my mom, right. So I lived with my parents at the time and I can't blame her for this because she, she wants absolutely nothing but the best for me. But I think she was just like, where she's like, you know, Eric, like, are you okay? Like you're running a lot. Like, you know, you, you need to eat more. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm, and I was sitting there and I was like, mom, like, I know what I'm doing and I'm, you know, I'm definite. Like I am positive that what I'm doing is good for me. So as like all that, all that naysaying that comes from anyone. And, you know, there was definitely other people too, you know, like I've, I think a lot of people were a little bit threatened by just like the, the drastic changes and like, you know, like, what the hell is this kid doing? You know what I mean? Like they were, they were a little bit jealous or maybe you're like ego, you know, they're trying to rationalize to themselves why they weren't making the changes that I was making, which, you know, again, you know, human nature, they're, you know, ego. Right. But I would just say it, it didn't really, like none of the naysaying ever really mattered to me because at the end of the day, I knew what I was doing was good for me. And like, it, it literally like that made everything go away. Right. Because like, as long as you are objective about it and look at your situation and say, okay, I'm being better than I was yesterday. Like I'm making good changes in my life. I don't care what those people that don't have my best interests at heart. Most likely. I mean, you know, not talking about my mom, obviously my mom is my best interest at heart, but like the people that are talking shit, people that are talking crap, like none of them have the best, my best interests at heart. Like they're obviously there's something going on with them. And you know, that's not my problem to solve at the end of the day. Like I, I would love to help them, but if they're just trying to drag me down, like what, what good, what good, like, I'm not giving them my energy for that. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'm, I know I'm making changes and I know I'm making big moves. So it's, I don't know. I guess it just didn't, none of the naysaying really registered with me. And there was definitely people that said, you know, like, Oh, what is he doing? Like he looks, you know, he's, losing all this weight. Like, is he okay? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, they didn't reach out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They didn't actually, they weren't actually concerned. They were just saying that to make them feel better. I feel. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And I know how that can happen. So I, I I just wanted other people to hear that that's a natural process. And I loved what your answer was because that's been my experience. You know, once you're so definite that what you're going to do, you're going to do, and it's right for you and screw everybody else there's not really an experience at least for myself of naysayers because they're, what are they going to naysay about? It's like, eh, I, right. I already decided this is what's happening. So I don't know what, like, Oh, you have an opinion. That's good. <laughs> have a nice day. You know, 
so so i think definite of purpose um can can eliminate uh the 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 resistance of naysayers in our own soul right they're still going to be there but they don't affect us as much i'm curious so you, you've talked you've mentioned a few times about your company if somebody really wanted to get a hold of you or talk to you and say okay i'm i'm 23 i'm 24 i'm 25 years old how what what can i do to really launch myself or or get this definite of purpose where would they contact you where would they have a conversation with you what's this business thing you keep hitting yeah follow me on instagram at rick's doing it um my company on instagram is stella digital media also at stella digital media um we do you know branding websites and development so essentially a full service digital media agency you know we'll host your website do all that type of stuff but in terms of personal development and just you know being the best person you can if you want you want a little motivation a little you know if you want to talk to me definitely just follow me on instagram at rick's doing it so okay. r-i-c-k-s-d-o-i-n-i-t love it love it so go to rick's doing it now here's the legacy on rapid fire for, so five questions one word one sentence answers you ready all right let's get it okay awesome what do you think is holding you back from reaching the next level of your legacy today my self-limiting beliefs 100 percent. okay what's the hardest thing you've ever accomplished Ooh, dropping dropping 60 pounds probably <laughs> okay. I would say, yeah. <laughs> love it and what what do you feel like is your greatest accomplishment to this point in your life Oh, oh, that's a tough one. I would say probably just my, the ability to just have resolve and decide, you know, at literally what felt like the drop of a pen to just like uproot all the, all of this, a lot of the self-living beliefs that I held for myself, you know, in terms of just, ah, one word. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, just no. Just dropping my self-living beliefs. No, I love it. I love it. You're doing awesome. So, if you were to say there's one secret habit mindset or behavior that you've adopted into your life um, that you believe contributes the most to your success, what would that be? Um, definitely. I mean, there's definitely two, I would say one would definitely be running and the other one would be reframing my mindset to be more proactive instead of reactive, you know, make things happen instead of letting things happen to me essentially. Sure. Yeah. I love it. And, and next and last question here is what books book or books would you recommend the feel your legacy legacy audience that you think these would, these would help them get to the, go through the same developmental or, or internal journey that you went through. So they come to their own conclusions about where they need to end up. Cause it may not be running for them. It might be something else, but right. What books Definitely. Would, um, would be great for that. I would say hundred percent, whatever change you want to make seven habits of highly effective people is by far, you know, just has had the biggest effect on my life. Um, another book I would say, I'm looking, I'm like looking at my bookshelf thinking, um, subtle art by Mark Manson, subtle art of not giving an F, uh, by Mark Manson. And one more is can't hurt me by David Goggins. That also had a super profound impact, just a great story, easy read. And, you know, a lot of great advice in there. So, yeah, all great books. Um, I can second as far as like, I've read them. I really enjoyed them and they've, yeah. I've gotten something out of each and every one of them that have helped has helped me um, in my journey. So I can definitely second that. So here's the final question. And I know that this, this is really far out for the both of us, but I like that we're thinking about it right now. So if I don't think you're even married, are you, are you married? No, no, no kids, no kids. <laughs> Say what? 
I said, don't even have a girlfriend. Oh, perfect. Well, <laughs> that, that's thing. okay. At some point in the future, but imagine, yeah. you know, we're six generations from now and your great, 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 great grandchildren are sitting around a table discussing your life, the impact you had and the legacy you left. What do you want them to be saying about your legacy six generations from now? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say, you know, I made people think and made people ask the right questions and start to reframe their own beliefs. Because at the end of the day, I think my whole message is just drop these, you know, self-limiting beliefs that you hold for yourself. So I want people to really question, why do I think like this? Like, cause I don't have the answers. I don't have all the answers, right? But it's about asking the right questions and finding them for yourself, finding the answers for yourself. Love it. Couldn't agree more. And that guys, that is why I invited him on here because I saw this in his videos. I think there's only like what, 12, maybe 15 videos on Instagram. I think I got 20 pieces of content on my Instagram. You now, got 20? So. Oh, sorry. I undershot a few. No, all good. All good. Um, no but, but really like what I really liked about it is his message was clear. It was concise. It was straightforward. Uh, and I loved what it was. I think it really mirrors a lot of what I try and and help and, and create. We each have our own language. Um, his language is proactive versus reactive. My language is creator versus, vi versus victim, but they're the same yeah. thing. Like the, as far as what they mean, they're all the same thing. So that is why I've invited him on here because even though he's 24, I've had people on here who are in their sixties and seventies and it's all the same story. And so I want you guys to really understand principles of success are principles of success. And it doesn't matter what age you find them or when you decide to start living by them, they're still the same that they, right. they're everlasting. In my opinion, the principles of success or creation are still the same principles. So uh, thank you so much, Eric, for coming on and thank you for, for taking the time. Anybody who loves this can go leave a review, um, go follow him at Rick's doing it perfect branding rick's doing it he's yeah. doing whatever he's doing it doesn't matter but he's doing it doing it <laughs> <laughs> i love it um and always remember that you are worth being remembered okay so catch you guys next time on the fuel your legacy show Thanks for joining us. If what you heard today resonates with you, please like, comment, and share on social media. Tag me. And if you do give me a shout out, I'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Thanks to all of those who've left a review. It helps spread the message of what it takes to build a legacy that lasts. And we'll catch you next time on Fuel Your Legacy. Every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit